Hi, and welcome to the River of Life Assembly of God podcast. We are so glad you joined us. Our prayer is that today's message will impact your life in a positive way. We believe there is power in the Word of God. So open your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you today. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Jesus, speak that name, Lord. Speak your name. Speak your name, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. How many's ready for the word this morning? And hallelujah. How many's ready for the word this morning? Come on. Are you just as excited for the word as, as you have been all weekend? Just as excited to see the Avengers movie? Just as excited as last weekend at Easter? Just as excited to eat that ham or whatever you ate last week? How many, how many threw down at Easter dinner last week? Come on, amen. Yeah, God is good, isn't he? Well, I've got a message for you today. Every time you come to River of Life, whoever's preaching, we'd make it our aim to give you filet mignon. We do. I put a lot of time in my messages, a lot of prayer, a lot of hours. However, this week's a little rough. So I'm going to give you the rough draft this morning. You're going to have to go home and do some homework. And uh, I was able to get to it Friday night and yesterday, most of the day, and here it is. This has been in my heart, though, for a while. I will be re-preaching re- this, uh, but I've been dwelling on this for a while. We're in a series called Great Faith, Greater Than is the name of it. We're talking about having great faith because we need to have that kind of faith to see situations move and situations change in our life. And so every week we've been kind of looking at different things uh, of what is greater, kind of adjusting our perspective a little bit and uh, going after God. And so today, I believe it's one of them life-changing messages. Holy Spirit, help me this morning. And uh, I want us to go to Matthew chapter 8. We're going to get into this right now. And there are only two times uh, did Jesus ever say the words great faith. Only two people did he say they had great faith. We're going to look at one of them right here. Thank you, worship team, working so hard. Don't you appreciate this worship team? Amen. Matthew chapter 8, right around in verse 5, we, uh, we are told that when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him. A centurion is a Roman soldier who was uh, in position. He's got men under him, and he's moved up into the ranks, kind of like a sergeant uh, or a lieutenant, rather. He would be more like a lieutenant. And a satyrian came to Jesus, pleading with Jesus, saying, Lord, calling him Lord, my servant is lying home, paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said, I'll come and I'll heal him. Isn't that good news? I got to tell somebody today, Jesus is going to come to your situation. He will come to your situation. You just got to ask him and invite him. He is not afraid or intimidated by your situation. He's not intimidated or afraid of darkness. You're going to have to amen me better than that this morning. If you're going to get it out. Verse 8, the centurion answered and said, Lord, watch this. I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. 
Jesus, don't need to come to my house. You don't need to anoint my house. You don't need to go seven times like Joshua did. You don't need to pray and have all of, you don't even need to fast. Just I'm at the level in my spiritual walk and in my faith that if you would just say the word standing right here in this dusty, dirty road, I know that immediately your power is strong enough to reach all the way into my home, all the way into that my servant and to raise him up. Just say the word, Jesus. Don't you see what's happening here? This is key though. Verse 9, he says, For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do, do, to do this, and he does it. Jesus heard this. He marveled. Only twice he marveled. He was, he was just like, whoa. He was just shocked. He said to these words that followed him. So he turned this into a teachable moment. He turned around to the crowds because it says he said it to those that were following him. That means he's, he stopped right now and says to river of life. How many are following Jesus? This is for you. He says, assertly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. I haven't, I haven't run across this. Jesus said everybody does their own thing. They get in their own little routine, but this man's different. Something about this man is different. And he will ever, forever be recorded in the Gospels and in the Bible for having great faith. How many want great faith in this place? How many want great faith in your life? Come on, lift your hands to him right now. Father, we thank you for saving this story in your Bible for us, for a reason, for a purpose. Father, we have faith. We believe in you. We're in this place where we've worshipped you and we've come to the house of God. We have faith. But Lord, you teach us here there's another level in faith that we need, to, we can attain and get to. This centurion man is no different than us. He is just a man, but yet he was able to demonstrate and achieve this great faith. I pray that it would happen in all of our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. Tell a couple people on your way down, I want that. I want that. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Great faith. It was a pretty rough week. I want to thank you again for prayers. Minnie's asking for some updates and stuff, what had happened. We had a death. We had a double death in the Markham family down West Virginia. Got a large family. Most of them live down there. Uh, many of them are with the Lord now. It's just the way it is as you get older. Uh, you start getting more people on that side than on this side. And uh, how many know what I'm talking about? And um, so uh, uh, thank God for Steve and I. We went down the anointing on his life, and God just helped us get through the week and ended up doing my Uncle Billy's funeral. Uncle Billy changed our Markham family forever, he, and he passed away at 78 years old. And so we ended up going in there and being with family, but it was a very emotional week, kind of ups and downs and many things that was happening. But God moved and uh, he was able to minister to us, through us, to many people. We had church at that funeral service. And uh, Pastor Steve got up and I told him, man, this worship, man. And he ended up singing some of those songs and just the atmosphere changed and we saw God move and it was an awesome it was an awesome uh, move of the Holy Spirit. But all of that being a busy week and the ups and the downs and having to rush back and, 
And everyone knows that you know, I took that offer from the township to be the chaplain officer for Van Buren. And this was a big day on Friday with the FBI luncheon and the attorney general there and four or five mayors. And the place was just packed with dignitaries and all this. And, and uh, they wanted me to come up and say a few words and, and, and pray. Of course, it would happen during that week. And, uh, and so, but I, but I was able to do that by God's grace. And, and so that kind of fits in with my message today. There's something that God wants to do in all of our life. And let me just kind of illustrate this, give you an illustration right now. We normally talk a lot about potential. Everybody say potential. Everyone has potential. Everybody has potential, uh, great potential uh, to do something and to be something greater than where you are and what you do. Jesus was always finding people coming into the room. He was always the kind of guy that walked into the room, not with an attitude of here I am, but rather there you are. He, that's how he walked into a room. And what he was looking for was for people that would receive from him and receive his ministry. And then he had uh, a unique anointing. He, of course, he's the son of God, but he had, he had an anointing to get people and to bring them from one level to another, whether it be the Samaritan woman, whether it be uh, healing somebody. It was the 12 disciples. They were just fishermen, never stepped a foot in the seminary, never went to the rabbi schools. They weren't Pharisees. They weren't Sadducees. But yet when they encountered Jesus, he was able to take them to another whole level. He would say, follow me. And they would follow him. And Peter followed him. And, and Jesus says, you keep following me and I'm going to make you a fisher of men. So in, in the process of following Jesus, we are transformed and that potential begins to come alive. But let me, let me tell you that there is something greater than potential. And I've learned something being with, in ministry for a while, working with people, seeing people. Potential is really not the issue. This, this little bottle right here is, what is it, half full or half empty? You remember that lesson? And uh, It's half full. Some days I would tell you it's half empty. Depends how I'm feeling. I'm just being real. But anyway, listen, it's got potential, doesn't it? to be to the top. This, there's a lot of potential in this bottle for it, for it yet to grow. There's a lot of room to grow in this bottle. But at the end of the day, it can only be 12 ounces of water. I want to show you that there is something greater than potential. And in this story, there is something greater than potential. I want to talk to you today about capacity. I want you to know that there is a difference between potential and capacity. This is potential. Everybody has potential. I thank God for people that can recognize potential and have recognized it in my life and have spoken into my life and say, Eddie, God's got a call. He's got this in your life. You need to start serving the Lord and you need to start giving your whole heart to God. But at the end of the day, this has a cap on it. The cap capacity, the capacity to this bottle is limited, but this is a pitcher which has potential as well, but its capacity is much greater. So I want you to know the title of this message today is capacity is greater than potential. 
Everybody can pray prayers and, and they had faith when it come to Jesus. And at the end of the day, their faith could only go this far. But this man in the story had a whole new level. He didn't have potential. He had a capacity to believe God for something that no one else had. He had more capacity than he had potential. That's what Jesus said. Whoa, wait a minute. He's not another one of these bottles that's just walking around. He's not just someone that's got a little bit of room to grow. This guy is on a whole nother level when it comes to his faith. I want River of Life to go to a whole new level with our walk with God. So I want you to write this down. Everyone has great potential, but not everyone has great capacity. This is the problem with a lot of times in, in, in all in, in Christianity. Really, what did Jesus say? Jesus says some people will receive the word, watch this, but they will only bear fruit 30, some 60, some 90. What's he saying? Capacity. No matter how much word they receive, no matter how much preaching they hear, no matter who is leading worship, no matter what style of songs that we're singing, there are only so far they can go with their walk with God. So far they can go with their worship. They can only go so far with their prayer. They can only go so far with their walk with God. What's he saying? 30, 60, 90. It's the capacity. This is the problem in relationships. Sometimes we find someone in a relationship, we go, oh, they got potential. They got potential, but how was their capacity? What are they able to do? Are they able to come to the same level? That, is it possible for them to even attain that same level that you're at? It's quiet in this Baptist church this morning. <laughs> I'm making you think, ain't I? I want you to see this for a minute. The problem isn't potential. The problem is capacity. When you got little capacity, you got little prayers, little faith, little worship. Some of y'all came in here and you already had your mind made up how you were going to worship. You already got your mind made up what you gave in the offering. You already got your mind made up whether or not you brought your Bible. Some did not even bring your Bibles because your capacity, trying to help us. It don't matter if Jesus himself appeared on this thing, some people would not worship and go after God. Why? The problem, they got potential, Pastor Eddie, you need to drive, no, they don't, they don't have capacity is the problem. <laughs> this will help you. It's going to get good in a minute, but I got to first confront you, I got to challenge you a little bit. I want you to see who are you, where are you? Are you a bottle that has a, and I picked the picture because there's no cap. Look at what this man said, Jesus just say the word. Just say the word. The one with the issue of blood, potential is good. She said, if I can touch his garment. In other words, if she couldn't touch her garment, she couldn't get healed. There was potential. We love that story. But this man, it comes with a whole new level. He said, I don't have to touch nothing. I don't have to have my favorite song. I don't have to have my favorite preacher. He don't have to wear a suit and tie. He don't even have to preach out of King James. All you got to do is be anointed and let that anointing. Just say the word, Jesus. Just say the word. And I'm able to believe that that healing's gonna happen. I wanna stretch your capacity to be able to believe for greater things. Some of us, our capacity when it comes to joy is so limited. 
We can only be happy when life is happy. I hate that in myself. And when I see that, it's because of my capacity. That's why Paul was able to rejoice and worship in the bottom of a prison cell. <laughs> why? Because he had a picture capacity of worship. He had the capacity to worship God when the sun is shining, when no matter what he was going through. He, had, he, was, he said, I'm able to, to just worship God and to keep my joy and to keep my praise because, you know, I, I'm not going to be affected by my situation. Someone say amen. amen. Your anointing. <laughs> Some people is anointing. There's potential. You get saved and you get coming to church and you get into worship and you start growing. And yet you got capacity, you got potential to grow in your anointing. And there's true to that. But there comes a time when you start to have to, God says, I want to use you for more. Yeah. There was a time it would have taken me, it would have taken me a month to prepare a 10-minute sermon, Connie. I would have every lexicon, Strong's concordance. I'd have the Greek and the Hebrew. I'd get up here and run through all my notes in 10 minutes and sit down. This week was one of the most emotional roller coasters I've been to in my life. I can't even explain that to you. That God is wanting to get you. There's so much more that God wants to do in our life. Some of us can only, you know, serve God. And for so long, our perseverance drops down. Our, our, our devotion time drops down. And I want you to see today, it's not potential. It's not the problem. It's the capacity is the problem. And God is wanting to stretch that capacity in our life, in our walk with God. That was just the introduction. Are you ready? Once you write this down, capacity is given by the Holy Spirit. Capacity is given by the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 16, Jesus is telling his disciples, watch what he says. He says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Someone say capacity. He said, I got so much more to say to you. I got so much more to teach you. I got so much more to show you what God has, but you're at your limit. You're at your capacity. <laughs> I know you want that ministry. You ain't ready for it. I know you want that job. You ain't ready for it. I know you want that relationship. You really ain't ready for it. I know you want that breakthrough. You ain't ready for it. I know you want to lead the worship team. You just ain't ready for it. I know you want to preach on Sunday. You just ain't ready for it. I don't know who is. I'm just saying. I'm just trying to help us today. That's what he said. He said, I've got so much more for you, but the problem isn't me. I'm not withholding from you. The problem is that you're at your cap. But he's given us good news. However. Someone say, However. That's just like Jesus. He shows you the truth, and then he says, I'm about, to, I'm about to bless you. I'm about to hook you up. I'm about to take you to a place where you can get that capacity. How many want more capacity in your life? However, when he, the spirit of truth, comes. Stop right there. When the Holy Spirit comes. He will guide you into all truth. He will speak to you. Then he goes on with this whole list of things. Let me just give you, these are the three main areas God wants us to grow, and he gives us the capacity in. You can write, I'm going to give you all three of them. He grants the capacity to love like him, to live for him, and to listen to him. 
That's what the Holy Spirit does. Holy Spirit comes and he grants us the capacity to love like him. We talked about this last week, so I'm not going to be on this one long. He takes your phileo love, your conditional, our conditional love. And if you weren't here last week, get that podcast, get the CD, listen to that message. I could have preached anything on Resurrection Sunday, but God said preach that one. And everyone was telling me that was one of the best messages they've ever heard on love. Thank you. Thank you. But it's phileo love. It's conditional love. God says, give me your conditional love and I'll give you my unconditional love, my agape love. You don't have the capacity to love like I love and like I want you to love unless I give it to you. Yes. Our capacity to love. That's why you love people now that used to get on your nerve. And they still may get on your nerve, but guess what? Now you've found an extra gear. Now you seem to have this extra thing that you can just not only tolerate them, but actually, now you ain't going to want to hang out with everybody. And let me just say this. People always accuse churches of being clicky. Let me tell you something. I believe in clicks. It's not good. There are clicks out there. But you need to look at the change your whole perspective. A Paul comes along and says, you are not clicks. You are one body. But watch this. He says that a finger and a hand is connected to the wrist bone, connected to the elbow. In other words, sometimes a wrist goes better with a hand than a kneecap does. The hand ain't saying, oh, the knees are click. The legs are clicks. Sometimes you're just going to flow better. You're a finger. You're just going to smooth. You find a hand. You're like, hey, we can make this church go to another whole level. Come on, somebody. Somebody just got set free right there. Look at that. Getting set for, I'm helping somebody. Somebody's all about the face and the tongue and they're looking down and look at the foot. He always wants to go over here and do that. He's all in the click. He always wants to hang around the ankles. No, it's not a click. God designed him as a foot. He just is going to bring an ankle to a foot. Here's a couple right here, right? Bringing them together. That's what he does. It's not clicky. It's bringing people. I don't even know why I'm saying this. I'm just saying this. I'm going to help somebody today. So it doesn't, don't get so offended. You know, the other person that had great faith was the Syrophoenician woman. And she, Jesus offended her, actually called her a dog, said, it ain't, it ain't for me to give the, the meat, the bread of the food to dogs. He said that because she was asking for a healing and he kept walking. And the Bible says, your Bible says, that woman spoke up and said, hey, even the dogs get the crumbs that fall from the table. Jesus said, whoa, wait a minute. She had the capacity to even not get offended. I'm preaching better than you're listening at 930. Jesus said, hey, Psalms 119 comes along and says, blessed is a man that loves the Lord God for nothing shall offend him. Uh (laughs) I'm getting happy. This is better than I thought, Steve. It actually says, blessed is a man who loves God, for he shall be strong and nothing shall offend him. King David wrote that. Had his whole family turn on him. His son tried to take over his kingdom, trying to kill him. There he's running. And this man, you know, tried to bring the Ark of the Covenant into the church. And Uriah touched it and got killed. And David got offended for a minute. He stepped to the side. But he was able to overcome it and come out. And he's the one that wrote that. So maybe it's our capacity. It needs to change. I'm trying to help us today. Because the enemy will try anything to stop us. Try anything to stop you from pursuing God. Jesus said, there's so much more I want to show you and teach you, but you're limited. But when he comes, he's going to teach you to love. He's going to teach you to live for me. 
You can't live for God without the help of the Holy Spirit. You know how many habits I tried quitting? I would not buy cigarettes. And by the way, the state of West Virginia is, is uh, totally supporting the tobacco industry. I'm just saying. Everybody down there, if you listen to the podcast, I love you, but y'all smoke too much. I feel like a big Marlboro coming out of West Virginia. Looked over, Steve was a chew of tobacco. I don't know what it was, man. That's like them babies come out of the nursery, but that was a rough nine months. I don't know, everybody smokes. I'm like, whoa. What's wrong with y'all? I used to smoke. I, you know, I smoke and chewed. How about that? I was messed up. I tried quitting. I quit buying it. It only lasted a week. Smoking everybody else's cigarettes. Listen, why? I had potential, but I didn't have the capacity. Didn't have the capacity to overcome drugs and alcohol. Didn't have the capacity to stop gossiping, to stop being critical. Some of you, you try to be so more positive. You listen to music and, it's, and you try to be more positive, but you get right back into that same mold. Why? Because the problem isn't the potential, it's the capacity. The capacity's got to be enlarged. And I begin to put some habits down and begin to see some changes in my life. And it's like, it's like stretching. Uh, I was going to get like a tent thing and, and stretch it and, and show you that when you start to stretch, when God stretches your capacity, you got to put standards down to keep the capacity from falling back down. Once you, God begins to deliver you, he brings you to a new church. It's a new start. Don't bring the old you into here. Come on, somebody. I'm trying to help you. We ain't that church. I don't care what they did to you over there. And we're growing like crazy, and I constantly got to keep saying this to people. Listen, River of Life may not be for everybody. I want it to be. But we protect the presence of God here. We protect our culture, what God is doing here. We love, we're a team church. Amen? And we, we see that, and many of us, we want to be a part of it. And, and you're like, yeah, and you come in, so we, tr- we try to change. But you got to put standards down, or the old will come back in. I had to get rid of some habits in my life to live for God, but then I put standards down. So I'm not going to go back to that. I'm not going to go back to that. And, and my capacity stayed enlarged. Does that make sense? Could, could cut some people out of your life. Joshua and Caleb were surrounded with negative people for 40 years. But yet they were able to go into the promised land. Why? Because they had not potential. They had the capacity to change. They had the capacity to believe that God can deliver them from the giants. Remember that? It's all, this is all in the Bible when you read it. God was always stretching us. But I want you to see how he does it. Now I'm really getting into the message. <laughs> so you're going to have to help me, man. A lot of homework on this one because I am not going to get everything out on this. But I want you to go back to that one scripture, 16. I want you to see something. He said, I still have many things to say to you, but I cannot. He says, say to you. Everyone see that? I got many things I want to speak to you. I want to say to you, but you cannot bear them. However, when the Holy Spirit has come, he will tell you what I can't tell you. Is that what it says? No. He says he will guide you. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. It should say, it doesn't it make sense if I said, uh, Ennis, I got a lot to say to you right now, but I got to go. Steve's going to come. It, it should say, I should say, Steve's going to come and tell you the rest. Wouldn't that make perfect sense? He didn't say that. He, he went on later and said he will speak. But first he says, I got to guide you. Yeah. Come on. 
In other words, I got more to say to you. You can't handle it until I guide you through some things in your life. And guiding you through some things in your life is going to cause you to stretch your capacity so you can handle more of what I want to tell you. That's my message today. So the capacity grows, our capacity grows when we're challenged. He gives you capacity, but that capacity has to grow. You are responsible for your own growth. You are responsible for your own development. Jesus was anointed by the Holy Spirit without measure. The Holy Spirit comes upon him. He has the capacity. Then he goes and he starts his ministry. No, he goes into the wilderness. Why? Because God said, now i got to stretch that capacity in your humanity so the anointing can hold, you can hold the anointing. Are you getting this? So he says, I gotta, I gotta guide you. I, I gotta have you go through some things to stretch you. Yeah. I gotta have you go through some things to stretch you so you can, your capacity will grow. Your, your capacity don't grow when everything is going nice and everything is going good. Right. Your capacity to, to handle more, isn't that true in life? What don't kill you, make you stronger? Someone said, that's actually anointed, that's actually scriptural. Whatever God said, he won't put on you more than you can handle. But with the same temptation, make a way of escape. But when you do escape, you're stronger. When Jesus came out of the wilderness because he beat the devil all three times, the next scripture, Luke chapter 4, verse 1, then he returned in the power of the Holy Spirit. You ain't going to get no then unless you have the win. Did you hear me? W-I-N. You ain't going to have the then until you have the win in the wilderness. If, if Jesus would have lost in the wilderness, it would have set him back. It would have set him back. Every time we overcome the enemy, every time we go through life and we're able to not run and retreat, hear me, when we don't run and back down and we don't retreat, when we're able to endure and we continue to go through, our, what happens? Listen, our capacity grows to handle the blessing for the next level. Are you getting this? I feel like I'm preaching hard, and I didn't mean to preach this hard. He stretches us. I could go through the whole Bible. David, 1 Samuel 15, the Bible says that God, that Samuel anointed David as king. Let me read that. He says he anointed king, him, David, in front of his brothers, in front of everybody. He anointed him as the next king. What a moment. He's been on the backside of the desert. No one has been seeing him. He's been a shepherd taking care of a few little sheep. No one even knew who he was. There he is. He has his moment. He comes out and he's anointed in front of everybody. But did you read the next few verses? It says that David would occasionally leave Saul in the palace and go back to feeding the sheep. He would go back occasionally to being a shepherd. And then his dad has him feed sandwiches to the front lines of the people. Go, Go and take lunches to those that are fighting. How is it that this brother was anointed king? He had his moment. He had the spotlight. He got to worship in Saul's palace. The Bible says David would come and would worship and would minister and would sing in front of the king. And now God has him go back to the backside of the desert again. 
Can you handle singing in the worship team, leading the song, then the next week sit back in the choir? Are you able to preach on a Wednesday, but then go back doing life groups for six months? Are you able to do these things and have your moment and say, yeah, but then God says, I want to bring you over here. Why does he do that? He says, because I gave you a taste of the anointing, but so you don't mess everything up. I got to stretch your character. I got to stretch your, your, your capacity to hold the anointing. <laughs> Man, I thought I was something when I got to preach in front of a whole group of people. Yeah, I had a small group for eight years, 10 teenagers, always checking on them. What are you doing? This is before cell phones. Wake up, look up, wake that one up. Working, getting up at 2.30, 3.30 in the morning, working my job. Couldn't go to youth convention. Melinda had to go. Sleeping here. My dad has had his office there. I was asleep there. Working hard, doing all of this. And then I finally get a moment and I preach. I'm invited to Honduras to do a youth conference. Hundreds of people. I mean, I'm driving up to the church and they're, I mean, where's everybody going? They're coming to hear you, Pastor Eddie. My heart about fell out of the car. Buses pulling up. Yeah, Fernando went and got the other church from the other side. They're bringing buses. They're pulling up. Buses. To hear me? Okay, I got to catch a flight because I'm... <laughs> I get up in there, man, and the anointing comes in and takes over. Man, God moves in that service. 150 degrees over there preaching and, and God moves. And then I come back and here I go to back to eight teenagers, Steve. What's God doing? Is he losing his mind? Am I missing God? No, he said, I want to see how your attitude is, Eddie. I want to see that you're not being entitled. Don't you know who? I could have came back and said, Dad, don't you know what I just did? I don't do windows. When I preach, people feel it. You know what I'm saying, Dad? When I sing, people, well, I can't really say that, but. Uh, and you got me doing this. You got me vacuuming. You got me painting a youth house. Me and Amber. You better say amen, Amber, because you were the only one that showed that day. Paint that youth house. Put DOC up there. Was so proud of disciples of Christ. One brother came and said, DOC, Department of Corrections. That's what he said, Robert. I'm about to go to Department of Corrections. You better re you better stretch your capacity and see what God's trying to do. I got a vision. I'm here to make disciples. A lot of times, our can't is because of our won't. I can't lead and I can't preach. Not that you don't have the ability, it's that you won't serve. You won't serve sandwiches. I'm not trying to be me. I'm trying to bring out what David did. It wasn't that David couldn't lead Israel. It's just he first had to be willing to serve Israel. You see what I'm, why? And it was for 20 years, 20 years he had to do that. Why? Because God said, I got you, I'm going to make you king. And in order for you to be a good king, I got to stretch your capacity. I got to see if you're going to go back to those shepherds and, and worship and praise me on the backside of the way. After you just stung, stood in front of the kings, I'm trying to help us today. And it stretched his capacity. To the place where David became the greatest king, never lost a battle. So it's a lot of times, it's not that, it's not our can't, it's because of our won't. All right. All right. 
I, I, I can't do that. No, 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 you, you can't do that or you won't do that. Come on, I'm trying to help us. I, I, I got, look, look at the centurion. What did the centurion say in verse 9? Jesus said, man, you got more faith than I've ever seen. He goes, it's because I'm one that's under authority. That's just a coincidence, Steve. It has nothing to do. Pastor Eddie's trying to twist words now and, and make him say something. Is that what your Bible says? God will always finish his work in our lives with authority. Our country is the most insubordinate country we've ever, on the face of the earth, most arrogant and prideful country we've ever seen. Go to Honduras. It is a blessing for them to have you at their house. They look forward to having you over so they can serve you. We went to Israel. They reenacted the whole Abraham's tent thing to show us how in the ancient culture, it was a blessing if you showed up at the door because they gave them an opportunity to demonstrate their servanthood. We're like, come knocking on my I ain't answering nothing. You better call for you come over here. We're so arrogant. You don't tell me. You tell me what, Pastor Steve? I'll get my jacket and be out of here. I'll be leading worship down the street. That's right, you better let me preach on Sunday. Didn't you see how I prayed? <laughs> Didn't you hear what I did? Didn't you see what I gave in the offering? Uh -oh. Actually, no. <laughs> and I do that on purpose. Right. And in love, I'm telling you this, if you can't hack it, get your jacket. Because God is promotes a man, not me. I'm just saying, hey, God, who do you got? Who, who? And this is what God says. He says, look for the spirit. Don't look for the talent. Look for those that are diligent, those that are, that are serving and working. I will elevate them. I will elevate them to the place. Those that got the spirit, that got the attitude. Anybody hear what I'm saying? This is, this is how, it's not fun, but it's, it's how we get the capacity. The, the centurion said, I'm, I've been under authority, and I've learned to submit. I don't have to be the guy that always gets up there. Remember when Saul, when he finally made it, he was hiding in the equipment room. They had to go get him. Then he got arrogant. And what did the prophet say? The prophet said, when you were small in your own eyes, then I not use you to rule Israel. Now you got this cockiness going on and I can't use you. God has sought for a man after his own heart. <laughs> this is, I didn't think it's going to be this heavy. I really did. This was like an uplifting. I thought it was powerful revelation. We're going deep, and we're out of time. <laughs> Help me, Jesus. How many want more capacity in your life? Amen. I want to close this out with a prayer of Jabez, and this is for your Monday. I even got a Monday. You talk about capacity. I said, God, I don't have time to get all these messages. He gave me three points and three sub points and a goal, and for your Monday. The Bible says, present your body to be as an instrument. You, you need to present, we need to present our body and let the Holy Spirit play us. I was, I was exhausted. This is the most emotional week I've ever had. I almost canceled this luncheon over here, but I knew God opened that door and I didn't want to and I went to it. I did not know what I was going to say, but I allowed my, I walked in there and God gave me a beautiful word to say, touched everybody in the room. It's the capacity. Come on, let us all stand right now. If you don't know what the prayer of Jabez is, now in the context of what I just preached, watch what he says. And Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed. Watch what he said. What's a blessing to him? Enlarge my border. Enlarge my territory. Enlarge my capacity, God. 
so that I don't cause pain in the church. I don't cause pain in the family. I don't want to be the one that messes everything up. Because my mama named me Jabez, which means he will cause pain. So God, I can't change what they've destined me to do. Even though they named me this name, I want you to change that about me. I want you to change me. I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be a guy where they go, well, he's got potential. I want God, I want to have more capacity. I want to be able to do more and and handle more and be able to endure more and pray more and love more. I want to be the guy they come for a word of encouragement. Instead, they leave the room when they see me coming. I want to be in the change me, God, and change me in this place. I want you to pray this every day. Start tomorrow. Pray it as long as the Lord tells you to pray it. How many want some more capacity in your life? We're going to start right now and pray this prayer. Lift your hands to the Lord and begin to just pray that right now. Begin to pray that right now in your life. Begin to just pray that right now. Begin to pray that right now. Hallelujah. 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 There's some Davids here. There's some Ruths here. I know it. There are here. Thanks for listening. We trust that God has spoken to you through today's message. If you would like to know more about our church or if you would like to help support the ministry, please go to www.rol-ag.org. River of Life Assembly of God, a church of His presence, His promises, and all people.